Hello, I'm Austin McCormick, and you're listening to The Covenant Podcast. The Covenant Podcast exists to discuss doctrine, theology, and the biblical worldview from a covenantal Baptist perspective. We pray that this resource will be edifying to you and glorifying to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's get started. Today, I'd like to welcome Brother Mike Brown to the podcast. He's been on the podcast multiple times. We've discussed a little bit of his biography. So today, welcome to the podcast, Brother Mike. Hey, thanks for having me back again. Uh, I brought Brother Mike onto the podcast specifically uh, to deal with the topic of cessationism uh, concerning certain doctrines and teachings within the charismatic movement. I would personally say whenever I observed the life of Brother Mike Brown that this would be his wheelhouse, uh, his area of deeper study. So uh, I've asked him to come on today and talk about cessationism. So uh, Mike, can you tell us what exactly is cessationism? Uh, cessationism is the belief that the apostolic gifts have ceased with the, the death of the last apostle. Like there's no need for uh, those specific gifts that the Lord gave. Uh, after he ascended, after they came with the Holy Spirit, uh, and that we have the the whole of Scripture, and and that is sufficient. There's no extra biblical revelations. There's no need for tongues, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, that that's it in a nutshell. I don't want to give too much away, but okay. Uh, so you addressed some of the things such as tongues and other things. What were the purposes of dreams, visions? and the apostolic sign gifts, and why do cessationists believe that they have stopped or that they have come to a cease? Uh, the purpose was, I mean, you can even start with tongues there on the day of Pentecost. Uh, it was that to, to get the gospel message out. Uh, I mean, dreams, visions, all, all of that was to promote people to, to, that have never heard the gospel message to get them to the gospel message. Uh, they were not meant for anything but to bring people to Christ and to bring glory to God, any, any type of tongue, any type of uh, tongue that didn't have any kind of a translation to it, according to scripture is not of God. Uh, any type of extra revelation that doesn't, what we'd say today, if there's a, if there was a vision that doesn't coincide with what scripture teaches, it's not, a, I would say it's not of God. Um, but the, the whole purpose of them back in the day was to get the gospel message out. You have a new church, you have these, uh, you know, essentially started with 11 men um, added on to, to more on the day of Pentecost and they're within a confined area. They're, they're bound by a language barrier uh, that, you know, how are you going to get a message out? We don't have Rosetta stone. We don't have, you know, the translation tools we do today. How do we get that out? Well, God gifts those with the apostolic gifts, the gifts of tongues, the gifts of prophecy, et cetera, teaching, you know, uh, being able to get that message out to eventually to where the gospel message made it to where we are today. Uh, now, I believe after the, the, the apostolic age finished, those gifts ceased as well. Now, that is not to say I don't believe the Holy Spirit of God can do those things, cannot do those things, excuse me. Uh, I believe God is God. He can do what he wants to do. He doesn't need my approval to do what he needs to do. Uh, he's going to be God 24-7 without my permission. Uh, now, with that being said, I also believe that God has given us his word that is sufficient enough, and I don't need to add to any more of that. And I know I'm just kind of giving the whole podcast away here. 
No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, so we mentioned uh, some of these gifts and uh, your reasoning for the gifts ceasing because you mentioned that uh, the apostles have ceased. Is there any explicit scripture that states that the canon of scripture has closed? Or is this a theological concept drawn from the entirety of scripture? I would say you can look. Sorry, is God still giving revelation? Oh, no, God's not giving revelation still. Uh, You know, I I heard many preachers say this. If you want to hear God speak audibly, open your Bible, read it out loud. Um, Second Timothy two or second Timothy three, excuse me, three, 16, 17 says all scripture is inspired or uh, as the ESV reads, God breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training, for righteous righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequately equipped for every good work. And in Revelation 22, flip through my big Bible here, 20 through uh, verse 18 and 19. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add in his plagues which are written in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of this book or this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city, which are written in this book. Now, I believe that is the the end of the book of Revelation uh, and that that ends the whole canon of scripture. Um, You know, John was given that revelation by Christ there in Patmos. After that revelation was given, that ended the, the canon of scripture because all scripture is breathed by God, spoken given to man by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that it is the full canon that has been placed together. God put it together how he wanted it. Uh, it's not in chronolog- chronological order, but it is in the order that God intended it to be. It's closed and it is no need to add to it or remove stuff from it because you God had it has what I believe preordained it from eternity past to be what it is today. Okay. Let's let's discuss some other scriptures that we uh, talked about before the podcast, and uh, let's address Jude three. Can you give us some explanation and how that relates to the doctrine of cessationism or the teaching of cessationism? I would be glad to because you're going to like this. Uh, Jude three, beloved. While I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write you, write to you, appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. Now the word faith is in the definite article and it's the one and only faith. And the word delivered is in the aortus passive participle. And it's an act that is completed and passed with no continuing element. So the the faith that has been passed down is not a new faith. It's not a new teaching that's going to be passed down. It's all been delivered. The whole of scripture has been delivered and it's it's sealed and it's perfect okay that, that's that's good uh can you give us a little explanation on hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 yes if you'd be willing to go there i am well i really like this bible austin <laughs> it said hebrews 1 1 and 2 yes god after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways in these last days has spoken to us in his son whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he uh, made the world. So do you think there's any relation with the doctrine of cessationism and these scriptures? Absolutely. Uh, If if there was a continuing 
revelation. And, and I mean, you, you see this a lot in the prosperity gospel, especially because you can't get what they teach from scripture. You have to have an extra revelation of scripture. So instead of saying, thus saith the Lord, and you can say this verse or this chapter, this book, this chapter, this verse, this is what the Bible says. We say, God told me, and you can't refute that because God told me personally and not you. But when the word of God says that, you know, long ago he spoke to the fathers and the prophets in many portions, in many ways. In these last days, he spoke through his son, he appointed him, whom he appointed heir of all things. Okay, we have the words of Christ written, and we also believe what the Bible says when, you know, for in, in 2 Timothy 3, that it was spoken by God. We don't need any more added to that because that, that closes it off. What you're, you're getting in danger of is when you add to what the Bible teaches, you start messing with doctrine. And that's where false teachers and false doctrines get brought into the, the church. Okay. So you mentioned some uh, false teachings and we're going to get there, such as the prosperity gospel. But um, can you distinguish the difference between someone who is more of a slight continuist or someone that believes that the apostolic gifts are still continuing and the difference between that person and someone who just participates in full-blown charismatic chaos? Or do you think that there is a difference? I would say there is a difference. Uh, I mean, some prominent names that people might know who are slight cessationists would be guys like uh, Wayne Grudem, um, John Piper, uh, you know, still believe in the gifts of tongues uh, and some of the other apostolic gifts. Uh, you know, there, I've had numerous discussions with numerous people on on tongues. And my, my question always is, why do we need them? We, we have all of these translating tools. The purpose of tongues, uh, you know, in, in the in scripture was to get the gospel message out. We have it all now. What is the point? And, and even in one of John Piper's books, and forgive me, I don't know the name of it, but he references, references it like a toy. He says, you know, Lord, my friends have this toy. Can I have it too? Speaking of tongues, uh, and you know, they'll even uh, in even some uh, P- Pentecostal seminaries, they kind of teach you how to to work it up. You know, kind of clear your mind and start babbling. And, and if you've really got the gift, it, it comes about. But what does it edify? What is it? What is the purpose of it? What is the need of it? I believe this wholeheartedly that if God wanted me to go to China and preach the gospel to a specific person that he has preordained me to speak to, he's going to give me the ability to present the gospel in in fluent Mandarin to get that message across. That would be the edification, you know, that would be the purpose of the tongue. It wouldn't be to edify me. It would be to bring glory to God. Uh, But yeah, there's definitely a difference there. You have some prominent guys like that who, you know, just small things like tongues, but then the full-fledged charismatic you're, you're dabbling deep into the prosperity gospel. You're getting deep into the Bethel church. Um, you know, Bill, uh, whatever his name, Bill, I forgot his last name. Bill Johnson. Bill Johnson. You think I would know that that's my wife's maiden name um, <laughs> out in Reading. And, and, you know, we have uh, angel feathers and gold dust falling and it's supposed to be represent the glory of God. And, and you, you know, that's a gross misrepresentation of scripture because anytime the glory of God fell, people died because of their sinfulness. There's no way that that's any, anything going on there is from a biblical uh, standpoint. So they've, when, when you start going full-fledged continuationism, you have to disregard scripture to get what you want to believe and, and be able to manipulate God to do what you want him to do 
and manipulate and make a God that doesn't, isn't what the Bible teaches. I mean, if you listen to some of those teachers and what they say, you know, they, they reference a scripture in part, but not in the whole context. And, and when you do that, you can, you can make any kind of doctrine you want by taking scripture out of context. If you look how Satan tempted Jesus in Matthew 4, he did the very same thing. Pulled verses out of context to, to try to twist it, to try to tempt Jesus into sinning. Obviously, it didn't work. You're, you're dealing with the author of the book. You're not going to trip the author up on what his intended purpose was. So, I mean, obviously, it wasn't going to work. But that works today on a, on a man because we, we're, we are selfish. I mean, a prosperity gospel sounds appealing to me. It's no self-denial. It's no dying to self. It's fulfilling all of my wants, my desires, never being sick, always having money, you know, on and on and on. If that's a legitimate gospel and I just believe it, then, okay, I don't need to read the Bible. I just trust what this preacher is saying because God told him and I need to receive it by faith. That's a lot easier than dying to myself and studying and praying and repenting of sin. And, you know, I, the, the process of sanctification, it, it, you know, it's, it's it, it definitely is a labor, but it's a labor of love because we, we love Christ and we hate the world. So, I'll well, preach a sermon cut me off. No, you're fine. Well said. Um, and you kind of hit on some of the question, part of the question that I have in my next question, which was more specifically, what are some dangerous teachings and worship practices that result from believing that the apostolic gifts are still in effect. And before uh, you answer, I mean, you hit on uh, Bill Redding, Redding or Bill Johnson in Redding, California, and uh, the glory dust, sing the glory of God. You hit on the prosperity gospel, uh, hit on uh, some false teachers, but more make it more practical. I mean, what are some ways that people are just really manipulated by uh, the, these teachings that uh, like, I've seen videos where people get on the floor and start rolling around and seizing and barking like a dog, claiming that they are uh, performing the gifts that are given to them by the spirit. Can you give us any examples? What are some dangerous examples that happen because of this belief of uh, full-blown charismatic continuationism? Well, growing up, uh, we, we grew up and went to Assembly of God Church for a little while. One of the things they would do was being slain in the spirit. And that's where you, you walk up and tell us a little bit more about that. Oh, absolutely. You, you would walk up. It might even be the preacher say somebody needs a touch from God. Uh, real kind of a vague invitation like that. And sometimes they would pinpoint something. Yeah, I mean, and it, I'm going to get some flack for this, but a lot of it's kind of like carnival tricks. You know, uh, somebody is dealing with back pain today. Well, who does not have a sore back in their mid thirties or older? You know what I mean? Um, so I'm like, well, that's me. I've got back pain. Well, then they come up and you need a touch from God. And, and what they would do is they grab them by the head, kind of squeeze their temples and push them back. And that person would fall backwards and would be slain in the spirit. And they, they, if they believed it enough, then they received healing or they might be stepping in for a loved one to be prayed for or uh, whatever, whatever the, the, the pur purpose for that was. Um, the only problem, and, I, and I, when I started questioning it, when I got saved was, where is that found in scripture? Where, where is it at where people are being slain in the spirit other than in the book of Acts when Ananias and Sapphira were slain by the Holy Spirit for lying to the Holy Spirit? You know, that, that's one. And that's kind of an older one. That's not as commonplace as what it used to be. Now the dangerous one is we're promoting ourselves over God. 
you have you have teachers uh, like Joyce Meyer and, and Joel Osteen and, and people of that uh, of that type that are, are making claims of God put us in control now. We're many gods. Like like uh, God told Moses, you know, Aaron will be your scribe and you'll you'll be his God. You'll be like God, and we, we're like gods now because of that. Taking the passage way out of context. But now we speak things into existence. Now we tell God what he's going to do. Now we, we're in control and God's not. Total opposite of what the Bible teaches. We're nowhere ever to be in charge. And, and I would be honest, the way some of these people talk to God, I would be afraid of getting struck by lightning. You know, God, you, I, I claim this new... Uh, new car in Jesus name and I claim it victory over it and you have to give it to me because I claimed it by the blood of Jesus and no none of that is in the Bible you know we, we're not promised the riches of the world so the danger of of the of continuationism is the gifts if you always notice the gifts that people are always trying to achieve are always the ones that bring attention to themselves it's always the ones that fill an ego up. If I can get a large following after me by saying I have these gifts, I can benefit myself more. It goes back to, to selfism. You know, it, it's, it's all about me. It's all about what can be best for me. I mean, Joel Osteen even has a book called The Power of I Am. And it's not talking about the great I am. It's talking about me and how I just need to say I am, I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. And I have victory over this and on and on and on. It's it's promoting yourself up based off of your own good works, thinking you have righteousness. So the danger, this is the ultimate danger, you know, ignore everything else, is people are being deceived thinking that they're righteous and one day will step foot in hell being deceived because they're they're not righteous. They've never heard a true gospel. And that's the most dangerous part of all of that. I think we would would both agree that there is a slippery slope between slight continuationism and the full blown charismatic chaos. And you've done a good job of uh, mentioning the unity uh, between false teachings of the prosperity gospel, name it and claim it gospel, some charismatic chaos practices. And I think we would both also agree that uh, people ultimately come to those conclusions based upon their denial of the sufficiency of scriptures. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Well, I would just like to close by uh, reading a confessional statement that we both subscribe to, which is the second London Baptist confession of faith in the first paragraph of the first chapter of this confession. It reads the Holy scripture is the only sufficient certain and infallible rule of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. Although the light of nature and the works of creation and providence do so far manifest the goodness, wisdom, and power of God as to leave men unexcusable, yet are they not sufficient to give that knowledge of God and his will, which is necessary unto salvation. Therefore, it pleased the Lord at sundry times and in divers manners to reveal himself and to declare that his will unto his church. And afterward, for the better preserving and propagating of the truth, and for the more sure establishment and comfort of the church against the corruption of the flesh, the malice of Satan, and of the world to commit the same holy underwriting, 
here's the key part, which maketh the holy scriptures to be most necessary, those former ways of God revealing his will unto his people being now ceased. This confessional statement teaches that the apostolic sign gifts have come to a cease. Brother Mike, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It's been a pleasure to have you. Hey, thanks for having me back on. Always fun. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Podcast. If you've enjoyed this resource or you simply like the Covenant Podcast, head on over to our iTunes page, subscribe, and leave us a review. We are also available via Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, and Podbean. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Podcast. Grace and peace to you.